0: A zebra onesie or something like that. Wow.
1: Wow. Yeah. That's a strong look.
0: <laughs> it, it is. It t- took me back a little bit by surprise <laughs> at the beginning.
1: Welcome to the 40 Fit and Fabulous podcast. Join your host, Mark Slight, as he gets the best information, inspiration, help, and advice from the world's best athletes, performance coaches, and health experts so that you can look, move, and feel your best at 40 and beyond. Remember, it's never too late to live the life of your dreams.
0: Now here's your host, Mark Slight. Hello and welcome back to episode number 17 of the 40 Fit and Fabulous podcast and part two with Catherine Knights. So in part one, we got to know Catherine, we got to know what she does and how she lives her life. Today, we're going to dive a lot deeper into that and find out the benefits of how she lives her life. We're also going to find out why I podcast naked. We're going to find out why cooking food should not be a chore and should actually be something we enjoy, the benefits of sitting at a table with your family and your friends and enjoying your food, how to start eating a little bit more veg, and how we could all come across on these podcasts as a little bit preachy, a little bit perfect Me and Catherine are actually going to own up and say that that's really not the case. Nobody can be as perfect as they make out on social media and podcasts. So, so we're going to give you the insights into how we really live our lives and how striking the perfect balance is actually better than being perfect itself. So, here we go, straight back into it. Part two with the awesome Catherine Knights. So, last time then, we we found out a little bit more about you for the listeners who didn't know. We talked about your edible garden and and the benefits of, of fresh, seasonal, organic produce, um, which is something my listeners will be used to me talking about because it's something I, I promote all the time. Yeah. Um, but I want to go back just just right to the beginning, actually before mm. our episode. The lady I spoke to before in the episode before you, Rachel, mm. it, we had a little chat and it <laughs> it was mentioned that I do my podcasts in my underwear. So <laughs> I've, I've had a few messages asking if that's true. So... If I stand up now, yeah. can you just confirm, in fact, that I am doing this in my underwear?
1: Yes. Thank you.
0: <laughs> Thank you. Just, just for all the doubters who didn't believe me, so everyone now knows that the podcast is recorded in my underwear. So we have, we have someone to blame for that. I'm not going to name him, but uh, I saw his podcast set up um, just before I started this podcast series myself, and I just thought, you know, that's how I want to do it. He was so relaxed, chilled out, feet up that's... on the desk, and I'm like that that's how I want to do it so yeah
1: well I see people leave their house in their pajamas and dressing gowns these days so um it's, maybe it's a thing now
0: <laughs> oh maybe I, would, uh, say maybe I was saying that I was I, was, I, was, <laughs> yeah, I have yeah and I was on a podcast the other day um as a, as a guest and the person whose podcast I was on she was sitting there in a, in a onesie um oh, really? it was it, yeah, it was like um what was, was it not a giraffe it was like a zebra I think a zebra onesie or something like that and,
1: wow wow yeah that's a strong look
0: <laughs> it, it is. It t- took me back a little bit by surprise <laughs> at the beginning. But, uh, <laughs> so, the next time. <laughs> yeah, well, it makes my underpants look a little bit better looks, than the looks,
1: ones. It. Yeah, it looks dull. Right?
0: <laughs> I look positively professional.
1: <laughs> you though. need to up your game. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, so I wanted to get back into the food side of things and, and mm-hmm. the effect of the organic food. Mm-hmm. And I know that, that you're very keen on, on the effect of the food on the mind and, mm-hmm. and your mental state and and just your mood generally so what what's your take on that
1: well i think it's a kind of so we spoke you just you said in the last episode about kind of growing the food so it's, you know there's a there's a, there's a cycle here of food so there's the, the 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 growing it part whether you do it or somebody else does it there's the cooking it making the meal and then there's the eating it and i suppose actually if you're going to be really pedantic there's the way you should get rid of it as well um, there's always a bit of wastage somewhere um, but I, you know I think the, the cooking it part of the cycle is a really important part as well so I think that's something that a lot of people miss out because a lot of people don't like cooking and I, I get that if, you, if you've done a lot of it in your life it becomes like it becomes the chore like anything that you have to do a lot yeah. of you, you know, get bored of it it becomes like you know a bit of a you know it's a just a necessity and if you have a very busy and full life, it does feel like right now I've got to make my lunch <sighs> you know it's not you know skipping into the kitchen it's just another to do on the on the list so it is a bit of a battle um i I think you know I'm not saying that eh, everybody should you know live this idyllic lifestyle where we all just kind of you know don't do a lot um I think we should do less I do think we do too much but I think I think cooking needs to be kind of I think people need to view it in a much more positive light really and I don't think that you should be anybody should be stood in the kitchen for hours on end unless you really want to but in the week you know 45 minutes to make a make a meal I don't think is too Terrible half an hour, 45 minutes. Well,
0: that's good.
1: And then, you know, half an hour with hopefully with other people to, to eat it. Um, because, yeah, that in itself is a huge, you know, cooking is a hugely creative thing to do. So if you're just shoving something in a microwave or pulling something out of a packet, it, it, you don't have that connection when you eat it of, that was a really nice meal because you didn't put any effort in, you know, if you think about other things you do in your life. So I mean, I, I taught, you know, I do lots of running. Well, if somebody, and I do races, if somebody gave me a medal and said, well, that you why, why bother doing the race, Catherine, you know, just here's the medal. Well, okay, the medal's nice, but it's actually nicer to have done the race and put the effort in. It's much more fulfilling to put, put some of the effort in. And it's the same thing with food. I think, you know, unless you cook it, you don't really understand what's going into it either. So you're not as in tune. Um, And I've got a couple of cookbooks that at home that I use so much, they're like so well-thumbed. So there's a recipe book um, by a lady called Anna Jones. um, And also we have one by Hugh Fernie Whittingstall. And I'd say those two recipe books, between those two, most recipes come out of those those books. Um, So it's mostly plant-based stuff. Um, and it's stuff that's easy to cook. You know, I don't want complicated things. Um, and going back to, you know, talking about growing herbs, that's really where I think you unlock making a great meal is herbs and spices. So it really depresses me when people say, Oh, salad, because most of the time when you buy a salad, it's rubbish.
0: Yeah. Lettuce, tomato and cucumber. eh?
1: That's it. The three and that's it. Now that is rubbish. I wouldn't eat that. That's crap. I don't want to eat that. That's boring. That would, that would make you miserable. Yeah. You know, a, a salad for me is something that's probably got a grain in it, some nuts in it, um, some nice fresh leaves, um, a nice homemade dressing on it, which can just be salt, pepper, and olive oil, a bit of lemon juice maybe. Um, you know, and all of those elements go in and you can make something, make something really tasty. Um, so I think, you know, just kind of, sometimes it can take a bit of time. That's the other thing. It does take, everything that you're gonna get pleasure from is gonna need to have a little bit of effort put in. But once you've kind of got that, and you've got your little repertoire of, you know, we've got our own little repertoire of recipes at home, really, that we kind of you know cook from each week. Um, and that kind of, st- keeps us ticking over quite nicely you know, in terms of having enough variety of things to eat. Um, but it's nice. It's, you know, it's plant-based stuff um, and it's stuff that we've made and it's not stuff that's overly complicated, but it tastes great. That's, you know, that yeah. is absolutely important. It has to taste great.
0: It does. One of the most pleasurable things in life is, is not just like you just alluded to then, not just sitting down to eat your dinner, but it's sitting down with company to eat your dinner and enjoying the dinner. And, this is something that's never really occurred to me until you just said it. But if someone's going to come home and buy a prepackaged meal, or or throw a few prepackaged ingredients together really quickly, like you say, shove them in the microwave, boil something in a bag, I think you're generally going to eat that in the same manner you've cooked it. You mm-hmm. if you if you're quickly shoving a packet into a microwave, you're going to then shove that into your mouth and eat it as quickly as possible. Yeah. If you've spent forty five minutes in the kitchen preparing a salad, preparing a nice dinner, you're then going to sit down at the table savour and enjoy what you've cooked and eaten and and it's a much more pleasurable experience like I said not a chore but an experience
1: yeah we had for dinner last night we had pasta with um, some fried leeks and some roasted squash and then also a little sage and almond pesto it was so delicious very nice and you know what that was made from, cause we got a veg box delivery today. So that was made from all the like the odds and sods from the end of the week. So that was like ration meal yeah, yeah. and it, we had a glass of wine with it and you know, that was, we, and, you know, we just ate that and enjoyed it. And, and you know, it was made with, with love and eaten with love
0: yeah. and
1: you know, it wasn't something where we, I think it's the other thing you've got to eat at a table. You've got to eat at a table Absolutely, yeah. because a lot of people eat in front of the television. Mm-hmm. And when you do that, you're not realizing this is kind of a classic way that people put on weight because they don't realize what they're eating um, because they're doing something that, you know, food becomes a secondary activity and TV takes the center stage. So I think, you know, you've got to eat at the table. You've got to make food the absolute most important thing on the table.
0: I think this is why people eat a lot of bland food as well, because they, because they're not mindful of what they're eating, they're not concentrating on it. it doesn't matter what you give them. I always remember the, the test years ago where they gave, they gave people in the cinema fresh pop, they gave one half fresh popcorn, one half stale popcorn, and and they all ate the same, because hmm. no one's paying attention to what they're eating. They're watching the film, and like you say, you just you're not mindful of it. You're putting on weight because you're not realising you're full. Yeah. And you just you're just literally just just like a machine, just shoveling yeah. stuff in your mouth.
1: Yes. So I just think it's really important to kind of have that whole, because food is that, that one thing that we all have in common, we all need food to, you know, to survive, but it's also a huge driver for ha- for happiness and and well being. not only because, you know, the nutrients in it make you uh, fit and healthy, but there's so much around it. Like I've just, you know, it, it yeah. touched on with the whole cooking of it and eating with, you know, I think eating with people, if you can, I know, you know, we can't always be eating with other people, but I do think it, you know, it, it provides that opportunity to allow you to connect with people through food. And food is really personal as well. It is. Um, actually, I wrote down a list the other day of, so when I did my little volunteering stint in Surrey last year, and I was staying with this family and a load of other volunteers, and we're all cooking, and it was a real, like, international mix of people. I just wrote down a list of all the recipes well, some of the key recipes I'd written in my journal when I when I stayed there, I'd written down some recipes of things that people have cooked. I had about about thirty things that were written down, but each meal, each thing that I looked at, it brought back a certain memory for me because it was it was signified something yeah. that had happened there, and I think that's you know that's the other really important thing about food. It can make you happy, it can make you sad, um, but yeah, it brings back certain certain memories as well so i think that's why you know again why it's really important to to you know make food you know we should really kind of you know value it as we place the much importance on it as we do money
0: really oh yeah well obviously as a nutritionist i couldn't agree more but uh (laughs) how how do we go about changing them them food habits we've got on one end of the scale you've got the family who who buys all the beige food and sits in front of the tv and then sort of towards the other end of the scale we've got we've got you there cooking your own organic food sitting down at the dinner table having a nice glass of wine how do we transition from one to the other how do we begin to transition from one Mm, to the
1: other well yeah I think you're right it's a beginning thing and there's probably never an end if I'm completely honest because when I think about I think you know when I was younger I, I I felt at the time I ate pretty good food I wasn't I wasn't overweight I went through one little phase of kind of getting a bit overweight um but but then but when i look back i think hmm, well that's not what i would eat now um and that's you know a couple of reasons for that i mean i don't eat meat now well, i used to eat meat but i don't eat meat now um, how long how
0: long's that been that you've not been eating meat
1: so that's probably been about four or f- probably four or five years now um but you know we ate quite traditional things at home, you know proper meals we'd have roast dinner and shepherd's pie and you know those kinds of things, but we did have you know the chicken nuggets and you know oven chips, not all the time, but we did have them, but that's not really what I would eat now um I think you know, to answer to your question you there's there's a, a trade off between time um and morals and ethics and happiness maybe um because you know, I I'm stood in the supermarket today looking at ch- chocolate and uh dark chocolate and it's fair trade oh but it's not organic and you're like oh where can I get oh, I want, I want organic fair trade you know so there's kind of you know, the ethic the ethical side of it as well and you can end up you know going home hungry and never buying any food
0: yeah. but you do need
1: to eat so I think you know you can't you can't do everything because you, unless you're going to dedicate unless you're essentially going to be a farmer you can't grow all your own food and and you know know exactly where all your food has come from and tick all the ethical boxes um but I think you can have a pretty good go at it. I think supermarkets are changing, and I think there is a bit of a a bit of a movement now, particularly with the whole kind of vegan um, kind of uh, trend I don't don't know if it is a trend or whether we hit
0: movement trend yeah
1: yes I think it's certainly um things like veganuary of kind of meat free monday those kinds of um, campaigns have helped encourage people to start so as you say to start the change and it is about creating creating habits so um I think you know you can't expect overnight to just change your whole food diet and be happy and um, not be stressed because uh, it, it, it does take a lot of it does take hard work because you have to re-educate your palate and also your your mind and probably your, you know just your whole um, outlook and kind of learn new foods and how yep. to cook them um, and so I, I don't eat dairy now so lots of you know thick meals that we would have cooked before would have had dairy in but now we don't have that in our meals now and that, but it's not a hardship but it, it just takes it's been a gradual a very gradual process so I, you know I would always say to people just you know what's one thing that you that you could change just one thing so even if it is meat like meat free monday I think that's a really good thing because we all have like you were saying you know we have a lot of stuff too much stuff. We don't need to eat meat every single day. Even if you're a meat eater, you don't have to have it every day. It doesn't have to be in every single meal that you eat. And actually, um, even if you do want to remain as a meat eater, I think it's good to kind of think about meals that don't involve meat because again, it helps you think more creatively Um, rather than meat, two veg, a bit of potato on my plate. Yeah. She, yeah. you know, what else what else what else you know what else could I have on that on that plate well, that might take
0: place there's there's a lady coming on in, in a couple of episodes and one of the things she's always said and I've heard her say so many times is is eat like a vegan who enjoys meat so yeah. the bulk of your food is is veggies yeah. um but you're not restricting the meat some people obviously want to restrict yeah. it but if you don't just just make sure that a lot of your plate is is fresh fruit fresh fruit fresh veg and I think a good way to start you said there yeah, just try something new mm. that that's one good thing try try mm. maybe something new in your shopping every week something you've not had before yeah. or just try and add some some extra veg to every dinner plate maybe so you might have your chips and your chicken nuggets but yeah. put some tomatoes on the plate instead of some tomato sauce or, or yeah. tiny little changes like that just to just to start the ball rolling
1: and also i mean like proportion control and you know just weighing things out even for myself sometimes i just not because I'm trying to lose weight, but I'm just curious and that's all that it is. I think, I wonder how much I do, you know, how much rice I do have with my meal or how much cereal I do pour out. Because a lot of things we do by eye and we just do it based on the thing that we're pouring it in, however large or small that thing is. And sometimes it's just, you know, it's good to know how much you're actually having because you, again, you could be kidding yourself that you're actually having a lot more than than you think you are. Um, But it is about changing your palate as well, um, a friend of mine who I did some work with her. Um, she really wanted to change her eating habits, and I asked her to keep a food diary. Food, and it was a food and food and mood diary. So, what you eaten, and how, how does it make you feel afterwards? And you know, what were you what were you feeling before, and how did you feel afterwards? And it's only really when you write it down that you see the connection between. Oh yeah, whenever I eat that, it makes me feel like this. And and it was only when she saw it in black and white that she was, you know, kind of, you know, said to me, Oh my god, you know, it was a real kind of, you know, moment where she was, you know, just she couldn't ignore what she was eating, she'd written it down herself and also yeah. how it was making her feel. So that was the proof that she needed to, to to do something and make a and make a change. She was somebody that drunk a lot of Diet Coke and now she hard she, she does still drink it, but not very often. Not very often. Yeah. So that was a big thing for her. Because if you've got a very sweet tooth, if you keep eating sweet things, you know you're never gonna train your palate to not want that kind of food. So I think to say, "Well, don't ever eat sweet things," that's not the answer. But just have a bit less. Yeah. But that involves willpower.
0: It does. It's a big change. Sugar, sugar is a drug. I think, um, and yeah. it's very, very hard to to get over. But one thing that sitting here listening to you and, and listening to some of the things I'm saying, I. I think we could come across as a little bit like, oh, we're trying to be perfect and we're trying to, you know, we're trying to educate people to live organic food and grow your own fruit and veg and live the good life and all this kind of stuff. And and it's not, yes, there's benefits to it, but we've also got to be aware that we are in a modern world. I mean, we're both both sitting here recording this. We're we're miles apart from each other. We're sitting with expensive equipment in front of us. We're not, you know, we wouldn't be able to do this if we was just living in a house with no electricity, you know, lights are going out at seven o'clock when that's when the sun goes down and yeah. there, there's a balance to be struck now although we're saying yes there's benefits to all this kind of living we are also aware that we're living like you know in 2018 and it's we can't live the good life all the time we have to get that balance
1: yeah you, you absolutely and I think you know you have to kind of don't beat yourself up about it that you can't be you can, you're never going to reach perfection Um, but you do have, well, one of the things at Eden, the Eden project, one of their kind of, they've got a little bit of a manifesto and they say, your wallet is your biggest weapon that you've got. So use your wallet when you're in the supermarket, buy the best that you can, that you can afford. Um, and by doing so, not only do you, you know, are you going to say in the context of food, eat the best that you can, but you're, it goes bigger than that. And that, I think that's the other thing. You start thinking more broadly about these things. Food isn't just a relationship between you and that bit of food. It's also the people that have grown that food as well. So if you buy the best, then hopefully you're contributing to a supply chain that's a better supply chain as well. So the people along the way are having a better time of it. So you buy fair trade and you know, buy organic and... Along the whole, you know, across the whole chain, that's a better option than buying the things that are that are the cheap.
0: Yeah, products. what a wonderful, wonderful way to look at it. Yeah, and I, I bet not many people do look at that, when it? And I know people quite close to me that will go out and just if there's a box of tomatoes for ninety nine p and there's a box yeah. for sixty nine p, they will buy the sixty nine p. They won't read where it's come from. They won't, won't read the qual. They won't even think about the quality. That's thirty p cheaper. I'm buying that one.
1: And you know, when you think like that, it, you've got you've got again, yeah, you've got to remember we're part of society, we're part of the world, no, no man is an island. So you know the actions that you take do have an impact or repercussions in other parts of the world somewhere. So your 99p tomatoes, or you know, whatever, that you that you eat, that you think, well that's great, that's cheap. But one, what's the benefit that you're getting nutritionally? One, what's the benefit to the planet? What's the benefit to the economy, really, in terms of the people that you're, the suppliers that have brought you that product? Are they really being treated fairly to get you that? You've got a question. If something's that cheap, who's being ripped off in the supply chain? It does get political, inevitably.
0: yeah it does and it's just it's just good for people to be aware of that i'm not saying everyone will go to the supermarket and think like we do maybe but just just to have that little bit of um, awareness every now and again as to what you're buying and and how it's got there yeah i
1: think yeah yeah
0: go on sorry carry on don't want to cut you off No,
1: um, (laughs) just you know but even if you if you take that angle of i'm going to buy the best that i can if it means that you have a bit less of something i was talking to a friend the other day she's vegetarian and her husband isn't and she said well when we go shopping together the meat bill goes through the roof because she makes him buy the best meat that they can afford you know corn fed organic um or grass fed sorry organic um and i think you know that is that's the best that you can do and maybe that means you have a bit less of it but that ain't a bad thing either because you'll probably appreciate it more
0: yeah it goes back to food and gratitude so let's just wrap up then, Catherine. Let's tap into that brain of yours and uh, find out what's one piece of advice for the listeners that, that you could give just to, just to help them live a little bit of a healthier life.
1: Well, I think that whatever you do, don't, whatever change that you make, don't think that it's going to be an overnight hit it's going to take some effort. It's going to take some hard work and it, it sounds cheesy, but it is about just putting in that little bit of, you know, that kind of that 1% every day and chipping away at your, at your health and well being, and doing something to either maintain it or to, Im- or to improve it. And it's never going to be, it's never going to be done. It's never going to be finished. There's always something to learn. So have that live with an open mind, have a curious mind, have an open mindset. Um, and, be open to, to change really and trying something, and trying something new. Um, and if you do it and you don't like it and it's difficult and you f- you know kind of fall back into old habits, again, don't think, well, all is lost. It, that's what life's all about. I'm, I, don't, I don't think that I live my life perfectly, I'm not, I'm not saying that, um, but I feel like I've made some changes that have been positive and they've been sustainable. So I think, you know, just whatever people do, don't be too hard on yourself. Just live your life with the intent of, I'm just going to try and live my life in the best way that I can to improve my health and my well, my well And Perfect. Even those small things that you change over time, cumulatively have a big impact.
0: Yep, they do. So there you go to everyone who's listening. There is your advice. There is your advice. Go away tomorrow morning and, uh, and start to put a little change into place. Thank you, Catherine. Thank you very much for your help and your Thank advice. You um, I know I've got a lot from it, so I know everybody else will as well. Thank you. Okay, you take care. I'll speak to you soon. Bye. There hey, we go. I know I say it a lot. I know I say how much I love these episodes, but I genuinely love connecting with all these people. And some of the podcast episodes, although they're all amazing, some I just get a real buzz from. And this was one of them that I, I love just sitting there and listening to Catherine, how she lives her life, the benefits she sees from living her lifestyle, and how ultimately how we can all try and live our lives a little bit better than what we do right now. So a couple of awesome episodes there from Catherine. It feels strange saying that coming up in episode 18, we've got another awesome guest, but we truly, truly have. Coming up in episode 18 is former Olympic medalist, former world champion turned TV star and the genuine legend that is Chris Akabusi. I was very fortunate to record a video series with Chris last year and he's very kindly allowed me to use the audio from that video footage on my podcast. And know Chris comes across as um, a very lively guy on TV, <laughs> You know, he's full of energy, full of passion, I was always wondering whether he was actually like that in real life, whether it was a bit of a TV persona. Now, I can tell you that it is a little bit of a TV persona because when you actually meet Chris in person, he's even more energetic, he's even more passionate, and he genuinely fills you with this this love of life and this buzz that kind of takes you two or three days to come down from it. Really make sure you tune into the next episode, you're going to absolutely love it. And one other thing I want to say about Chris is when we actually recorded our video series, we had some technical difficulties. Um, Chris struggled with some connection in his, in his village and, and we had to reschedule a couple of times to actually get the recording done. When we finally got around and recorded the episode, I actually forgot to turn my mic on. <laughs> So um, so we had this 30-minute interview with, with just one person speaking. But being the genuine legend that Chris Akabusi is, I, I phoned him up straight away, explained that I'd messed up, and he, he managed to find time again. And he's got a really busy schedule. He does a lot of charity work, but he managed to find the time to re-record for me, and I can't thank him enough for that because all you guys and girls listening are going to get so much value from this next episode on the podcast. So please make sure you grab that. That's going to be episode number 18, Make sure you don't miss it, so go over to iTunes, subscribe to the podcast. If you're there, please leave a review and rate the podcast if you like it. I'd be very, very grateful if you could do that. Other than that, stay tuned, subscribe so you don't miss the legendary Chris Akabusi, and I'll speak to you again in episode 18. As always, take care and be happy.